Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Pertech has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual Ultimate Bathurst Experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year, with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences, all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertech. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This is the Legend Series with Andrew McCulloch, Part 2. Enjoy. The way it worked out, yeah, the Broncos, I probably took that on myself. Oh, it's probably pointing the fingers, but it was the best decision for me to probably leave at that time. So I fell in love. Um, fell in love, out of love, sorry, with the game. Probably there, I wasn't enjoying it for what it was, and... Probably the sense of I didn't know if they wanted me there either. Yep. So being a sense of wanted, then you're not going to obviously be at your best. Yeah. So it was probably the greatest decision. Look, went to the Knights and they got the spoon, so mm. it was a good decision on my behalf to leave. <laughs> Cameron Bloody Smith, you've, you've answered it so many times, but does it get frustrating? I look at guys like you, Jake Friend, like Matt Ballon, there's probably more. Yep. And – any one of you could have played a dozen or more Origin games. Did it frustrate you, or do you? No, do I was you just, just still a fan. I just love Queensland. I love them winning. So I don't know. I, you always want to like anyone who says no, you don't want to be there. Oh, it's okay. No, of course you wanted to be there, yeah. but I wasn't bitter. I like that's life. He was obviously the player he was. Mm. So that's that's the, that's the cards you dealt. Everyone's got a different path. Um, some blokes get to go in and it's just sort of there, so yeah. there's no one there, which is no one's fault. That's just the way it rolls, so you deal yeah. with it the best way you can. So got to do it in the end. I still got a uh, fog number. I got to experience a room with Billy Slater, my first um, origin. So it's pretty cool, like different things like that if you look back through. But it is what it is and that's just life. But, I, uh, yeah, just enjoyed it and just proud moment for myself and my family. As you said, you, you, you've got your jerseys. Um you had to wait 11 seasons. Was it worth the wait in 2018? Yeah, just to get emotional. I still got, like, um, goosebumps now. Oh, just Just because I remember it was 1995. I was sitting at, um, sitting in at home with Dad. It was obviously a cold winter's night in Dolby. And remember Brett Dallas running the field there at the SCG or somewhere like that for yeah. Fatty's team? Yes. And they had underdog tag, and obviously they won the series. But just then I just knew that was – Pretty cool, and oh, I'd love to be there one day, Dad. And Dad's like, "Oh yeah, mate." You know, yep. and then you sort of get emotional because a lot of hard work you, you did yourself, but also your coaches, your mum and dad, oh, it, all yeah. that, that sort of probably more a lot of people to get you there. Obviously, you had to put the work in, but you can't do it without mm. 
a team. So it was just good to see um, the jersey with my last name on it. So that's pretty cool. And the good thing is no one can ever take that away from you. No, they certainly can't. And the amount of people in your immediate circle that played a role in yeah. getting to that point is insane. I think that's often overlooked. Like yeah. you're saying, you get goosebumps thinking about origin. I can imagine there's 30 people in yeah. your circle that, that all get goosebumps. Yeah, you just, your partner gets emotional because he knows how much work. Um, the previous year I'd done my ACL, so yeah. it just you just don't know what's around the corner in sport. And, I, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I don't think anyone was expecting him to retire and sort of got my chance there. You know, friendy went a couple of years later, whatever it was, so. Yeah, I think when you're a decent enough person, you, you put, work your ass off, you never know what's around the corner, so it's a good lesson there. 2020, strange year for everyone with COVID, with lockdowns. Australia, the world was battling the unknown. You're told by Anthony Seabold, I'm guessing it was the coach, you're told that you weren't wanted after 13 seasons. Yeah. Or, <laughs> uh, did you see it coming? You, you hinted earlier that you yeah, I don't You're know. a little nervous, but uh, did it surprise you still? Yeah, I don't know. Because the end of the year they talked, there was a depth chart they used to talk about. So you, what position you're in, what number you're on the depth death chart. Or what, yep. So you got the more reps at training or whatever it was. I think obviously Turps went to one and I might have gone to three and Pacey went to two. So that was sort of less reps. You were with the Reggie's reserve grade team, all that sort of thing. So I sort of knew it was a bit coming there. My, you know, time was – Maybe not up, but I didn't know what was happening. And probably salary cap probably played a little part too. Um, obviously, bang for buck for them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just said, look, opportunity there at um, Newcastle because Jaden Braley did his ACL. And yeah, you just never know. I didn't think it would happen, and it did. And but yeah, it's easy to look back now. It was really, really hard. Um, just leaving, driving. I didn't really say goodbye to anyone. You think um, you yeah, played two hundred and sixty games? And, Is that uh, how it happens? So yeah, there was no one in the next day. It was empty. I had to go clear my locker out. No one was out. So then I got that, and then I had to get in my car and drive to Newcastle. You're getting choked up thinking about this. Yeah, so I had to drive yeah. down to Newcastle, and you're like, oh yeah. So the good, it's a good lesson there. No, it, it's reality. No one really cares. Like if you really pull things back, you think everyone cares, but they they care, but not enough is what you think they do. So yeah. that's a good lesson there for for people. And but best decision I made that they didn't win a game after I left. Is and that they, right? They didn't win a game. I got the spoon, and I got to go to Newcastle and had the best time. Great bunch of lads, met some new people, got some good mates now out of footy. So <laughs> it's plenty of things turn around. But look, it wasn't a pot shot, but like to leave sort of like that and then end up with a spoon. It's kind of like oh, geez, that could have been because I know how yeah. I know how fishbowl. Um, Brizzy is, yeah. so I know when it's going good, it's good, but when you're at the bottom, it's it's bad. So, um, hey, look, everyone goes for rough periods. My time was up and then obviously they had a rough period yeah. after that. So it wasn't pot shots that everyone, everyone makes decisions in business. They, they get things wrong or right, so got on with it. And Absolutely. No, no grudges, mate, because I had a great time. You were Newcastle's first choice hooker from the get-go three weeks after arriving was Knights versus Broncos. I'm pretty sure you remember it. Was yeah. it a weird feeling? Yeah, definitely, because I never thought I'd be, you know, I think I had maybe two years left maybe or what, one year left or whatever yeah. it was of the deal. So, um, yeah, two years left. So that was, I never thought that would be happening like that. But 
playing against Sam was weird. Obviously, no crowd, but just seeing the other colours and the blokes you've sort of been with, yeah, pretty crazy. But we got the results. So, is it was it a tough week and game to get up for, or an easy week and game to get up for? Nah, easy as. I knew I wanted to win that one. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but like anyway, you win. You just go on a new team, so I guess it was a good new lease of life for me. I wasn't probably playing my best football, but you know I could say that was tense. I wasn't mindset of being in the environment that one also wanted me. So I was probably working both ways yep. and probably best for both places to go opposite directions. July twenty sixth that year, the curse of the Newcastle number nine <laughs> got you. Uh, what do you recall of the injury? And did you know straight away it was a nasty one? It's probably the most pain I've been in in rugby league. Really? Yeah, because obviously my right leg went out and my head went down past my knee and obviously the whole, I think they talk about three hamstring, came all came off the bone. So I just oh. felt it and then obviously all the blood rushed. So I couldn't move and, you know, any movement you do is, you know, your hamstrings involved. So they were all off. Wow. Uh, so I was in the hospital that night, morphine, all that sort of thing, and then – um. Surgery. It was either a week or two later, but yeah, Anthony Wood did it. But that's how I got to talk with Mick Fanning actually, because he's good mates with Danny Badiris and he did the similar yep. injury. So got to chat with him a fair bit and about rehab and all that sort of thing. So yeah, it was um, another thing. You how'd you meet. find Mick? Yeah, unreal. Always a bit um, hesitant with guys like that because obviously how well known they are and what a what a big deal yeah. they are. So I was kind of like, oh, I didn't want to bug, but he was. Yeah, genuine bloke, knock about. Um, yeah, just chat. You could text him, oh, mate, what about this? Yeah, and he'd take the time and reply and what he did. And wow. yeah, just good caliber. And once again, out of a shit situation, you'd find a bit of um, something good out of it. So being able to chat with world surfing champion, it's pretty cool. <laughs> no surf at Delby, is there? Nah, well, he's from Penrith. So that, you never well, know. You never know. Might be the same break. That's exactly right. Just the eight games with the Knights, was returning to Brisbane ever discussed, thought about? Yeah, I think it was starting to happen. Obviously, Jaden um, was coming back from his ACL, so that was sort of that time on there. So I went back to uh, Brisbane, did the preseason, Kerry sort of started on. So, yeah, it was back in the mix there. I've had a really good preseason and um, Kev was real happy with me. I think I was obviously going to start back in the mm. nine jersey and uh, go from there. Um, and then, yeah, Hook got the St. George job and sort of um, offered me three years um, and the Bronx couldn't go with three years. Mm. At that period, obviously, the year they had, they needed to obviously hold, uh, which is fair enough, but it wasn't like I wanted to leave or they wanted me to leave. It was more a sense of they, there was three years on the table there or there was one year that I had to yep. gamble with and i got a family now, so it was um, – yeah, you got to weigh up just security rather than anything. Good. So it wasn't that was no bad blood there with that, and they understood that. So yeah, left on good times there again, and went down to St George. Not that you didn't like your time at the Dragons, and we'll discuss the Dragons in a sec. But in a perfect world, would have staying in Brisbane and around family been just a perfect finish. Yeah, maybe, but you just never know what type of finishes they are. Obviously, I think they might have struggled a little bit again the following year. Um, so they were still adjusting and then yeah. whatever happened for, for, for me to go, there was probably a good time there too in the sense of security. But, mm. yeah, everyone likes fairy tales, but I didn't 
really didn't really not that I didn't care. I just knew what, whoever I was playing for was just going to have a crack and yep. and do beat me and wherever that be would finish up. And if I was probably a dickhead or carried on a bit or whatever it might have been, I wouldn't have been able to get a role there back now where I am. So Everything, yeah, it's funny how it works out when yeah. you probably um, everyone mucks up, everyone plays up or does things wrongly time if you're young or whatever but generally if you're a decent enough bloke and things work out for you Pertech has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual Ultimate Bathurst Experience with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences, all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertec. The Dragons, your little mate Benny Hunt was there, Anthony Griffin was there. Was it as simple as that? You had the security of the three years, yeah. but you had the security of knowing really well the two guys that you'd be working closest with? Yeah, definitely. Well, I live, me and Benny lived in the same street as well, mm. so that was easy. Um, so we used to carpool down from Canola. Carrying by there down to um, Wollongong, so that was every day. So that was being around an environment that you're similar with. Yep. So that helps too. So, yeah, and we just hung out after training or whatever and kicked back when we could, obviously, with COVID weird times, but we sort of did our best with what we could yeah. and didn't go to any barbecues. So that, was crazy. That, was, that was actually crazy we didn't go to that. I still remember it clear as day. You got the invites. Yeah, so we pulled up. We just played the Warriors. So me and Benny both played Origin on the Wednesday and we backed up and played the Warriors on Golden Point. Yep. And we won that. The next morning or whatever, and um, we dropped uh, Normie off at home. So he lived in the same area as us. And yeah. he's like, oh, are you going down to Duff's or Vaughn's for a barbecue? I mean, hey, like, nah, I'm to wreck day. I'm just going to relax at home. I just couldn't be bothered because they lived at Shell Arbor. And you guys were exhausted having done yeah, Origin. So up. we didn't want to drive from Canberra to Shell Harbour, then oh. have beers, and then somehow get from Shell Harbour all the way back. Yep. It's like, nah, we're just going to kick back. So I think me and him just had a couple of beers at home and went to bed at whatever time it was quiet. And then, um, yeah, I just remember my phone lighting up. And <laughs> yes. Geez, I was glad there because my old man rang me and said you were there. He thought I was there for sure. My wife thought she was in Brizzy at the time because she was, yeah, she was in Brizzy at the time. Wow. So I hadn't seen her for a while and she's like, you were there? And I said, oh, you wouldn't believe it, I actually wasn't. No way. So. <laughs> and still I've got this picture in my head of Normie jumping over the back. Well, he was this air in the car. He was going yelling out as he does and we're like, nah, mate, I'm cruising. Because we, I don't know why, I just didn't think anything of it. It was just the boys in the team that went to barbecue. This didn't clear us. And I, I didn't know how many people, you know, when you someone tosses something up, you yeah. go, nah, nah, nah. I'm, I'm just keep, I didn't know the size of it or whatever. But, yeah, then I was just glad because I would have hated losing that money too. Oh, that would have ate away at me. 100%. I would have hated to see bloody honeys pay out too. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Mate, on coaches, Wayne Bennett twice, Ivan Henjack, Anthony Griffin, Anthony Seabold, Adam O'Brien for a few games, 
How different, how similar are coaches and coaching? And I'm asking because what I see from the lounge in the current day is the same plays, the same shapes, yeah. a lot of the same systems, pretty much from club to club. Yeah. When you're inside a club, is are they all sort of similar? They're all pretty similar. Like you don't you want to keep things as basic as possible. You get guys that try and reinvent the wheel sometimes and it's too hard or complicated. You yeah. gotta keep it as basic for players. Like they they need it's a simple game. Like if you really, really pull it back, the team that hangs on the ball and defends the best wins. That is exactly so, right. And then obviously a little bit of X factor, which good teams have got a you know, two or three of them mm. and that but all comes back to management of a salary cap and the players you can get in in the environment because if you've got, say, at least 20-odd blokes that want to be there or hate dreading mm. going, there's going to be a big chance of how you're going to go that year. Yeah. Retirement. I think the decision caught a lot of people by surprise because, well, firstly, you did have another year on yeah, your contract. Yeah, so another year to go. But, yeah, it's probably one of those things I had a few niggles. Was I playing okay, but wasn't at the best. I came back from big ankles, uh, ankle ankle yeah. op the year before, so that was quite hard to get back from that. I didn't have an off season again, so that nearly been two or three years where I hadn't had a break. So I obviously mm. had the hamstring, Newcastle that I had to get right to, then do the Broncos preseason, then go to the Dragons and my ankle. So I never had a full eight to ten weeks off because I always had obviously do that. You can't. Just leave it for eight weeks or ten weeks. No. So I always had to do something there, which or a bigger surgery. So that probably took its toll a bit. Um, but yeah, just sort of um, hooked at me down one day. Actually, and said, "Oh, mate, I just knew I was battling a few injuries, and I wouldn't mind you finishing up this year." And um, you know, just on a good note, when you're playing solid football, with other, but just finishing where you're not. Just hanging around, I guess. Yeah. Which is fair enough, dude. Is honest, um, and that you want that from your coaches. You don't like it at the time, probably not. But then I reassessed and think it was the best thing for me. And just was it hard to hear? Yeah, it was because I, I didn't know. You just needed to hear that hard. And then I was a bit, bit. I get stubborn a little bit, but yeah. So once I reassessed and where I worked out, and then when I thought about it, one more year squeezing the lemon or transition. Mm. Was it? What did I more? Was I going to get really out of playing three hundred twenty odd games, mm. or whatever it might have been? Or um, so I just sort of transition. I had a couple of options there. The Broncos things came up. Um, the Dragons corporate stuff came up, and to move back home, um, do a bit of radio. Radio media just worked out perfectly, and yeah, got different goals and ambitions now, which is good. Amazing in the fact I think the first most saw or heard about your retirement was in a sports gossip column in the, the newspaper <laughs> and a day or two later it happened. Can't keep secrets in nah, rugby, can you? No, nah, definitely not. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's funny, ironic that I, my last game was against the Broncos too. So. Yes. But I sort of had a gut feeling myself that that was going to be it and then I was come to terms that it. it was a weird feeling because I just so relaxed that I knew that I didn't, had to be up or be fit for anything. Like I just yeah. that new learns so was of freedom was a whole new ball game for me because yeah, I never had to bet. do it. And yeah, little things like I, it was my first Easter this year where I was able to go on a holiday mm. since I was seventeen. So when you say that, it's crazy. So because you're always playing Friday was Good Friday for Broncos. Yeah. So yeah, little things like that you just go do now. <laughs> yeah. 
We spoke about the 300 games much earlier. I know sport and rugby league isn't about individual milestones, but did getting to that number, because that number has become a big number in rugby league, did getting to that number somewhere in the back of your mind push you to keep on going through the tough times yeah, subconsciously. Yeah, I guess probably does a little bit. You just like getting to that mark, I guess. But it all just came back to environment. And for me, it was, you know, playing when I knew I wasn't 100% because I wanted to play and what yeah. I did the previous week to get myself right for that game. Yep. So I guess doing that, not letting your teammates down or playing a bit injured. just And a good lesson too for young kids if you are got a bit of a bump, the rehab, professionalism, try and get right and – I was trying to pride myself on getting right for games. Like even just what I had to do, dislocated my elbow that year, but you only missed one game then. Yeah. So that was little things like that. I just tried to pride myself on pride and getting myself right after an injury and in a way try and beat <laughs> previous timelines, I guess, in a way. Hasn't rugby league changed again just so much? The professionalism involved away from the 80 minutes yeah. of football is now just astonishing. Yeah, it's crazy the time you do or what you need to do to get yourself right. Certainly as you get older and if you want to play a long time, mm. working out ways to make yourself feel good doesn't necessarily actually know if you're doing anything to your body, but if it's a placebo-type effect and you're thinking in your brain, oh, this is working, then yeah. nothing else matters. Yep. So whatever that might be, might have been ice bars in the, you know, wherever at home in the tub or, you know, pain away, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Used to try and do all that stuff just to make it made myself feel good, you feel relaxed and you feel like playing again. So yeah. and if your mind's good, your body thinks yeah, it's good. Yeah, you think if all oh, this is working then that's all that matters. Exactly. One regret, one thing you'll remember positively for the rest of your life from the journey so far. Does anything come one regret. Straight to mind? No, I just sort of I, I don't know about regrets, plenty of good lessons along the way. Um, no, I think it's just lessons of who I was. I try to be the – always made mistakes, don't get me wrong, played mm. more so on the, on the piss than anything. Yeah. So, but like anyone. Um, like, like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. no, probably that. Uh, yeah, no, no regrets, mate. Anything you're proud of or prouder of than anything else you've accomplished? Is it no. the 300? I think just playing consistent, um, playing for that long in in that position. Mm. I think, um, yeah, just proud, and hopefully my young fellow can see that one day. Just what you put your body through, and to get through to those games, and you know, to know that you don't have to be one hundred percent body wise to compete and do your best. Because you just want to be out there for your mates and make sure you enjoy it. Like sports, hard enough. There's enough criticism now. There's enough whatever. So, well, I didn't mind a good time when needed. So that was good. A 309-gamer over 15 seasons, four origins on the resume too, but more important than those numbers, I reckon, is the way you've conducted yourself on and off the field, (laughs) a terrific representative of your family, your hometown, and the jerseys that you wore. It's been great catching up. Andrew McCulloch, you, sir, are a legend. Thank you, mate. Appreciate you having me on. In 2023, this is what you can expect from Unfiltered. The Legend Series starts your working week, featuring interviews with some of the game's finest, in-depth and personal. We talk footy and life in a subtle mix you can't or won't hear anywhere else. On Thursday, the Rugby League Superpod returns 12 different player interviews every single episode. 
It's fast-paced, and if you like a laugh with your footy, this is for you. It's the weekly show you can't miss. Then on Saturday, it's Dream Team time. Who would you name in your best ever 13? We ask that question to players past and present. We don't always agree, but that's what it's about. The ultimate argument starter. Who is the best 13 ever? Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on who's coming onto the podcast. We're all over Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Andy Raymond. Or you can check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Before you go, do a mate a favour and when you're done here, leave a five-star rating and write a quick review for us on the podcast app you're listening on. In terms of business, it's huge for us and it allows us to keep creating the content you love for free. Make sure you come back soon, legends. Thank you.